Did you see that the other day, Magic Eden tweeted that they're exploring ways to enforce royalties. Now, this might sound very crazy because just the other day, they said the exact opposite. They're making royalties optional. This is very shocking. But today, we're going to explore why Magic Eden is pivoting back and forth with royalty enforcement. Hello, I'm Taj, digitally known as Tropic Vibes, the host of Nifty Business, where we highlight NFTs and explore Web 3.0 as we move from pure speculation to creating real-world value. So back on episode number 337, I spoke about Magic Eden releasing their optional royalties. And in summary, that is giving the person that is purchasing an NFT the option to pay the royalty to the creator or not. This is basically like a tip at a restaurant. In theory, some restaurants do have it baked in. However, depending on the culture and so forth, there's no tip. And that is completely optional. So, however, as far as the Web3 culture goes, there is a great battle going on right now between the royalty crowd and the no royalty crowd. The people that are saying that, yes, the art is worthy of a royalty or the project really depends on those royalties are at odds with the people that are saying, no, this is Web3. If we truly own it, there is no royalty and that's it. We just move on. And that's what these platforms are struggling to do. So when Magic Eden made these royalties optional, they received praise from the DGen crowd. Because let's say a project has a 5% royalty. Well, guess what? That is a 5% more margin for error that they can actually work with when it comes to flipping their NFTs. That might not seem like a lot of money. However, when you're doing high volume flips, you're doing this with thousands of NFTs, those 5% here and there, it really adds up. And it could be the difference between someone making a loss on a trade and making a few bucks here and there. But the criticism heavily came from the creator size. As I said, the artist that might have been depending on this, that was a promise that sold them on Web3 is, wow, five, 10 years down the line, if I become a big artist and this is valuable, people could still be trading this and I'm getting a residual income from this, from work that I did all the way back in 2021 and I'm getting paid for this in 2031. That sounds amazing. And that's where the whole taking the starving out of the starving artist thing came from. And of course, project that literally built their entire business model on the fact that, yes, if we keep giving value to the community, we're going to have incoming flow of income. Well, here's the thing. People such as myself give it mixed reviews. I can see it both sides. I understand that as Magic Eden is a platform, they have to compete with all these other platforms. And I see it as these one of one artists that really might not necessarily have these millions of dollars or whatever it is. Well, these $10, $15 here and there could be a very big deal to them. And it all adds up over time. But at the same time, when these larger projects now are depending on these royalties, I see it as, well, they can always find different ways to innovate and generate income through other means other than the royalties. Because at the core of it, an entrepreneur is someone that solves problems, right? Whether it is their own problems or the problems for other people, but essentially it's going to be something that can scale up and it can be very profitable. So when it comes to these businesses now and you're running the businesses, it comes to the point of, okay, if you're depending on the royalties, now you're going to have to use that entrepreneurial spirit, that problem-solving spirit to solve your own problem because guess what? Your business depends on it. So in that sense, I was like, okay, well, I can see it both ways and I understand as far as them solving their own problem, this is Magic Eden's problem because they're competing with all these other platforms and this is the solution they came up with. Is it a great solution? No, I wouldn't say so. 
However, it is a solution in a way that they're trying to fend off their competition. But the thing that makes it very difficult to really do it any other way, it's other than through the platform itself, is because the infrastructure is not necessarily there. For these royalties to be built in, which is what Magic Eden is highlighting in this new tweet, which I will leave it in the show notes. You can actually look at the tweet. But the section that I really want to highlight is when they say royalty enforcement solutions has its trade-offs. Adopting them requires us to rethink what ownership means. The concept would have to become more conditional, where creators would retain some rights to alter the NFT's functions depending on the user's behavior. So what that is basically saying right there is if royalty enforcement depends on the creators receiving some sort of royalty, well, the only way for them to ensure that they're getting that royalty is if whatever benefits it is that they're getting from that particular NFT could be withheld from someone who does not pay that royalty, if that makes sense. So just giving you an example, let's say the holder of an NFT has access to certain content. Well, if that royalty was not paid in the transfer, then that person or that project, I should say, should be able to see, well, this new owner did not pay a royalty, so therefore they cannot access this particular content. So that is a very difficult thing. Now, they go on to say, in order for a protocol-enabled royalty enforcement to work, a trend towards centralization will also need to occur. One key trade-off is that the holders may not be able to freely transfer the NFT especially as these wallets do not support these new technologies or the standards at the outset. And what this is saying is if there's some built-in way, a mechanism within that NFT to track and monitor all these different royalties and so forth, well, if these wallets aren't able to do that, so in the case of this, most likely, since it is Magic Eden, we're going to assume that you're speaking about a Solana NFT, and the most popular wallet is going to be the Phantom Wallet. So what they're saying is the Phantom Wallet is going to have to have something in there in order to see if that royalty is being paid and that holder has contributed to the ecosystem in which they're trying to connect and get those benefits from. And the wallet itself currently cannot do that. But if this becomes a new standard in the future, well, that is something that these wallets would need to build in and implement into the way it runs. Then they go on to say, a large portion of the ecosystem, marketplaces, wallets, dApps, and other players will also need to recognize and enforce the new set of standards. Failing this, royalty enforcement would have limited effect. So in other words, if everybody isn't cooperating, then it's not going to work. Now, if you look at this as someone who is a Web3 diehard, you're taught, you, you know, you are someone who does not like centralization whatsoever. All of this just sounds very horrible to you. This sounds like something that is the exact opposite of the dream of Web3. They're talking about centralization, meaning that there's a central database, something that is being checked against, as opposed to all these different things and parties scattered across the place. And in that last section that I just mentioned, it sounds a lot like collusion in the sense that these platforms and everyone's going to have to work together in order to ensure that this particular royalty is going to be enforced. Now, regardless of where you stand with royalties in the place of all of this within Web3, I think this statement right here is a little bit disturbing because scratch Web3. This right here just sounds very anti-capitalistic in the sense that people that are colluding and working together, that is the exact opposite of competition, right? Of course, this is going to benefit these NFT creators and artists and so forth. However, if you step back for a moment, take a deep breath and look at that and say, hmm, all these quote unquote independent parties working together, is that a good thing or a bad thing? And I'm under the persuasion that that is probably a bad thing. And up front, that might sound really good because, of course, again, remember Web3, we're trying to take the starving out of the starving artist. 
However, if it gets to a point where, for whatever reason, the new standard is a 50% royalty and all of these parties are working together in order to do that, well, then they're taking a massive chunk out of everything. So it gets to the point of, well, why am I going to resell it? Or if I'm going to resell it, I'm going to have to just charge 50% more in order to recoup what I want to break even. So in that case, the person who is buying on the secondary market is going to either have to pay more or the person that's selling it is going to lose. So in that case, it's really not a win-win for everybody in the sense that someone is going to have to foot the bill. But going to go back to what they're saying is the good news is that we've started to work with several creators exploring emerging solutions. We're excited to begin experimenting and evaluating pro-royalty creator monetization tools depending on the respective creators' needs and priorities. And they give an example up here of what's going on with the basic attention token, BAT. And I don't know, it could be very interesting. However, as I said, I see both sides of this. Magic Eden is in a weird place where they're just competing with everyone and it's so hard to be the number one top dog in any kind of industry. When you are on the top, everyone is aiming for you and trying to take you out. They're looking at your weaknesses and they're building their businesses to really attack those weaknesses. So as the number one Solana marketplace, everyone is gunning for them. So I understand why they are trying to be proactive. They're trying to fend off their competitors and keep their customers happy and so forth, because the last thing they want to do is lose market share. But at the end of the day, this back and forth flip-flopping and this double speak and all this stuff, to me, kind of shows weak leadership, but that is just my opinion. I say evaluate everything, you make a decision, and you're going to stick with it. It might not be popular. However, if you have truly evaluated all the available information and you've made the best possible decision, stick it out for a while, ride it with the course, see where it goes. And if in the future you have to revisit it, maybe adjust something, okay, cool. I mean, no one is saying that anything is set in stone, concrete, you make a decision, and you just have to ride with it for four years and or until your company fails. But what I'm saying is a week or two after making such a bold statement and then going back on this, this really seems like they're just blowing in the breeze. Like as these comments are coming in, are they trying to just appease everyone, be populist or whatever it might be? I don't think that is a good stance for any kind of business. So I think leadership should really just have the backbone to stand up and uh, take whatever criticisms and, and fire is coming their way knowing very well that this was an educated, planned decision. They weighed their options and all those things. As that whole old saying goes, if you can't stand the heat, get out of the kitchen. Well, in this case, when they make a decision such as this, that they're going to do optional royalties, of course, heat's going to come their way. But hopefully they did their due diligence beforehand and they know exactly why they made that decision. So stick with it. But hey, I would love to know, what are your thoughts on this? Do you think this shows weakness on Magic Eden's part? Or do you think this is a positive thing to show that, look, they're still open with this whole thing and seeing where it goes? Love to hear your thoughts. Please feel free to let me know at Tropic Vibes on Twitter or feel free to contact me with the information that's in the show notes. But as usual, I just want to thank you for taking time to listen to this as we're learning and building Web3 together. So until next time, later. The Nifty Business Show is not investment advice. It provides insights and information within the space. As with anything, please do your own research before making a decision whether you're making an investment or a purchase.